0: But I'm not going to say a whole lot more because I want you to talk. But we love you so much and so glad you're here. Thank
1: you. Well, hello, everyone. It is so glad. I'm so glad to be back here tonight. Um, It's been, Lonnie and I were talking on the way down. It's been seven months since we said goodbye to you guys. Time has flown. But I just wanted to reach out to you guys. If I didn't get to give you a hug, please come and see me because I would love to hug and love on you and just say hello. But I'm not going to take much more of my hubby's time because he's got a great message for you. So love you all. It's good to see familiar faces. And it was really amazing to feel that weightiness of the Lord when I came in here. So I just, I thought, wow, it's been a while. (laughs) So thank you for cultivating such a beautiful atmosphere for the Lord to reside. Bless you guys. Awesome. (laughs) It's good to be home and visit. We are... uh, we transitioned out seven months ago, and we just hit another major transition. Can't go into this night. It's big. It's huge. It's bigger than we are. And we're like, wow. God is just, he, he takes you somewhere points a different direction, you know. And, and Pastor Nabib, how you say your name? Nib, Nabil, Nabil? Like, it reminded me several years ago. You guys know the story. I was in, I was in Jerusalem seven years ago, several years ago, so, several years ago uh, ministering out there. And uh, I was in the Arab section, an Arab hotel. And it was Ramadan. It was Sukkot. It feeds a tabernacle for the the Christians all at one time. And this this explosion went off, which caused the Muslims to prayer time, to go down the Golden Dome and pray. And the Lord said, get up and look out the window. He says, I want you to pray that Isaac will be reconciled back to Ishmael. Ishmael back to Isaac and pray they both be reconciled back to me because those are my sons, and I love them. So I, I get it. I get it. So it's good to be here and visit. It's been a while. We have a lot going on in our lives. We work now. We have, we have, we have jobs. I and mean, we worked here too. And we still try to preach and teach along the way. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I had it so good. <laughs> I had it really good. <laughs> but I am following the Lord now it's awesome. I'm going to follow the Lord then too. <laughs> Let me see if I can do this thing. Tonight, I'm going to talk about resurrection power and the practical life. You know, when Brent asked me when I come down, uh, I I had to rearrange my schedule, so I wasn't sure. I wanted to come and commit, but I had to rearrange my schedule a little bit. And that night, about 3 in the morning, I got up, and the Lord began to, it was 3 o'clock hour, between 3 and three thirty. The Lord began to come on me and began to talk to me about resurrection power and the practical life. I said, oh, i got to be there. So I made all the changes in my schedule to be here tonight because the Lord wanted me here tonight. And the hard thing about that is when the Lord gives you something so fresh and raw, you hear it so clear here, but you've got to try to translate it this way. So I ask for grace, and I say, Holy Spirit, <laughs> that you would just be on this message tonight. You take the pieces that need to be taken and give to the people that need to hear what they need to hear. Because it's not about me, it's about you. And so we give you all the glory in that, and amen. Let's go. So let's start with the resurrection power first. Can I get some sound on that too, please? Thank you. I sound like you know, that, but you feel like you're there, you know? Yeah. But let's talk about resurrection power first. Because it is, you know, that time of the year, right, we celebrate Jesus being resurrected. The empty tomb in John 20:1 through 2, New King James Version. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came, came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, whom Jesus loved. That was me. And said to them, <laughs> they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him down. Laid him. So let's turn down the lights and let's look at see, That might have looked like 2,000 years ago or so. Can you turn down the lights a little bit? And let's see. Turn up just a little bit, please. If you've taken him, tell me where he is. Teacher?
0: Go and tell our brothers. I am here.
1: Peter! Everyone! The tomb is open. He's alive!
0: I saw him!
1: That's not possible.
0: I saw him!
1: Mary, maybe it was someone else.
0: You think I'm mad? Peter! See the tomb for yourself!
1: Now, do you believe me? But he's gone. Gone? Now? He's back! cup and some wine what happened his body his blood I am the way the truth
0: i believe blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed
1: can you imagine can you imagine how frustrated they were and all of a sudden he shows up and he, what caught my, when I watched this video clip, what caught my attention he said Jesus said stop doubting and believe I know in my walk 13, 14 years now I've been a Christian So I was 38 years old, I'll be 52 this year how many times I've doubted how many times the Lord has rescued me, rescued me, rescued me, and still I stand here and tell you, I doubt it. And Jesus said, saying, stop doubting and believe the resurrection was for you. The resurrection was for me. And there's many different paths we could take that to tonight, but there's one I'm going to go on tonight that he gave me. But he says, it's time to stop doubting and start believing the resurrection was for you and you alone. And I said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I can't, this is my, this is my posture sometimes. You let me in the shower doing this, though. <laughs> Leaning against the shower like this. And I do say this, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Have you ever cried that? In Mark 16, 15, verses 17, 18, and 20, in the New Life Version it says this. And 15 says, he said to them, you are to go to all the world and preach the good news to every person. 17, these special powerful works will be done by those who have put their trust in me, being Jesus. In my name, they will put out demons. They will speak with languages they have ne- never learned. In 6, 18, it says, they will pick up snakes. If they drink any poison, it will not hurt them. They will put their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Go down to 20, it says, the followers went from there and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them. The Lord showed that, we, that the word of God was true by the special works they had power to do. Do we believe? Or is some story we read from 2,000 years ago that we reread every year? Or do we believe? Well, I know this house. Because resurrection power opens the door to a supernatural lifestyle. And we teach that in this body. For several years now. Not only do we teach it. We walked it out. We walk it out. We've seen the miraculous in this home. In this house. As we go out. Haven't we? It's part of who we are. It's a part of our DNA. You know if you go to Matthew 10. Which is one of my life scriptures. And as you go preach saying. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I always say what hand? Your hands. It's at your hands. It says heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons, freely have received, and freely give. That is something we get to do. Because who we are and whose we are. Because we are his sons and daughters and we have his DNA. It says in Genesis, we were made in their image, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We were given his godly character, his godly nature is in us once we became born again. We became a new creation, something this world has never seen before, before Jesus was raised from the dead. We are a new thing, and I've shared this message many times that way, but I'm setting something up here. So we know this story. We know how to go lay lay hands on the sick. We know how to lay lay hands on the dead. Have we seen a 100% hit rate? No, but you keep trying and keep going and keep going for it, right? But I want to talk about the practical life side of things, of resurrection power, and the practical side of things. It's easy to see a person come on a platform and say they raised someone from the dead. You're like, that is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm trying to pay my bills. I'm trying to get through a divorce. My house I just lost my house. I just lost my job. I can't feed my family. It's that tension between the supernatural and the natural that we live in, that tension isn't it? That's the truth. I live in it. So I want to talk about the practical life of things. I taught in our supernatural school about the supernatural side of things, but I want to talk about some of the practical sides in one area spe- specifically. Look what the Lord told me that night, that morning he woke me up. Resurrection power allows you to walk in the opposite spirit. Resurrection power allows you to walk to walk in the opposite spirit and walking in the opposite spirit will transform your heart. This is a real serious message. It's life changing. And when he starts speaking this to me, my life has been undone since last week. Resurrection power allows you to walk in the opposite spirit. What opposite spirit? The spirit of this world. We can walk in the opposite spirit of this world. We now have the resurrection power within us to walk in the opposite spirit that's in this world. What does the opposite spirit in this world do? Steal, kill, destroy, lust, envy, jealousy, greed. Because we have resurrection power in us now, we can walk in the opposite spirit. And when we walk in the opposite spirit, it will transform our heart. And guess what? It's all a choice. It's a daily choice. Sometimes it's a minute-by-minute minute choice, but it's a choice. See, the people of the world that don't know Jesus just yet, they don't have a choice. They're walking in their father's likeness. They're walking in the devil because they haven't had the resurrection power yet. They're gonna, and I call them pre-Christians. They don't know yet. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're copying their father. They don't know, don't know no better. It's not their fault. They don't know there's an answer. They don't know there's a truth. He sends us to bring that truth. But that's a choice too. This has nothing to do with your salvation. This is about your DNA and who you're called to be and who you are. So I'm going to say it one more time. Resurrection power allows you to walk in the opposite spirit, and walking in the opposite spirit transforms your heart. We always talk about renewing the mind, and yes, we need to by the Holy Spirit, but we need to transform our hearts and get a heart for this world. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. I read this from this daily Bible devotion I get on my, my phone every day. It just struck me. Why well, I said, did you get that today? I said, I sure did. Wow, I'm going to use it. Some of you will rebuild the desert, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes, Isaiah 58, 12, and the a new, a new NLT, New Living Translation. Living in a broken world, now how many know we live in a broken world? Would you admit that? It's truth. we do. Living in a broken world means bad things happen to us. Is that true? Because you came to Jesus, nothing bad happens to you no more. No. That's a lie. Things do happen. Okay? We have the choice of allowing those bad things to take shape in our heart and become deserted ruins. Or we can choose to pick up the pieces, confront, forgive, Extend grace and heal through a relationship with Christ. You have the power, I'm gonna call it the resurrection power to rebuild families, overcome hurts, and restore relationships. Will you choose to be a rebuilder or to be powered by bitterness? That is resurrection power that is walking in the opposite spirit right there. You want your heart transformed. Walk in the opposite spirit of what you're going against. That's heavy. You want your heart transformed? Walk in the opposite spirit of what you're facing. Is it easy? No. The hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. But is it worth it? Yes. Because Jesus showed it could be done. And Jesus did it as a man that got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he went through some stuff. He, none of us in this room went what he went through. How many of us have ever carried a cross on our back, being cursed and spit on, being punished for every sin of the world coming, past, present, and future, on you, and left to die as a thief? But he did it for you, and for me. So he showed us possible to walk in the opposite spirit. And guess what he said? He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I said, Father, kill them now. Get me off this cross. Destroy them. What are you doing? That would be the spirit of this world. Selfish. Selfishness. He said, Father, forgive them. They not know what they do. His heart was transformed because he walked in the opposite spirit. He walked in the spirit of his heavenly father and denied the Father of this world. So again we have a choice of allowing those bad things to take shape in our heart and become deserted ruins. Or we can choose to pick up the pieces. Confront, that's a new word in Christian dome, isn't it? Confront, confront with love, forgive. That's due for a lot of Christians. No, it really is. No, I'm serious. Now, see, I'm going to bring it now. That's due for a lot of, we talk about it, we read about it, we don't do it. We don't do it. Go talk to your brother, talk to your sister in love and deal with the issue. They don't listen, Then talk to the church and bring the church with you. But no, we go gossip about them, talk bad about them, because we don't have the heart to tell them you hurt me. And God is saying, if we walk in the opposite spirit, the Father's spirit, because we we're creating his image, his likeness with his character, you'd be surprised how big the problem is not. Will you choose to be a rebuilder or be owned by bitterness. Listen, I'm not downplaying what anybody's going through. Trust me, I'm not. This message is for me too. He gave it to me last week. And this week long, I've been walking it out. I'm going to tell a story or two, because I tell stories. You guys know me. And let me tell you, he don't play. But when the father brings something like this, He's calling to a higher place, a position that he already gave you, that is already yours. He's saying, son, daughter, that's not who you are. This is who you are. That is not you. This is you. I paid the price. He said, it is finished. See through my eyes, not the world's eyes. You're not trash. You're not junk. You are a son. You are a daughter, the king of God. My DNA and royalty flows through your veins. You are a new creation, made in my image, my likeness, with my DNA and character. You are a God with a little G. I went from being an OG to a little G. <laughs> Let me explain that. I said this for so my daughter, she's young, and I said, "Well, I'm we joke around a lot. Well, I'm an OG. I'm an OG." he says, "Dad, yeah, I know you're an old goat." She got me good. She got me good, but now I'm a little G. Right, back. Come on. Story time, I'm gonna tell you what happened just recently. I work at a company, I went and got a job. I call it my tent making business, building business that I'm in now to support ourselves, my wife too. She's a tent maker also, we have jobs. As the Lord opens the so preach and teach and minister. Uh, I got a company where I work with a bunch of men, and this particular, it's a big company. I work in a branch in Sacramento. I work with a bunch of men that do not know Jesus yet. Ages as young as 24, as old as 70-something. And I've not been around that group in a long, a lot of years, teaching Supernatural School of Ministry and preaching and teaching. And let me tell you, I was shocked what I heard. I was shocked what I saw, and I was shocked what I experienced. I never heard so much foul language in my life. I never see so many men cheat on their wives and brag about it. I never see so many men cheat with other men's wives and brag about it. It was quite disgusting to me. It was horrifying. And they really made me sick. But then the Lord started getting a hold of my heart. Because, really, truthfully, they're really his sons. They just don't know it yet. There's one particular young man, they don't know I'm a Christian, they don't know I'm a pastor. I'm there to learn a job, right? And my one young friend, he's about 28, love this guy, but he has a foul mouth. Every word is an MF word, and he's always cheating on his wife. Well, he was going to cheat his wife, now he is cheating on his wife. But I love this kid. I feel God's heart for him. And he says, he says, Lonnie, uh, he says, you don't cuss much. Matter of fact, I don't think i ever heard you cuss at all here at work. He says, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm going to start watching my mouth around you. He doesn't know I'm a Christian. I never preached to him. He doesn't know my pastor. What did his spirit experience that made him do that? I never judged him. I never shut him down. I stayed engaged with him. I just didn't talk like he talked and act like he acted. But I still loved him. I didn't preach at him, but I showed him something different. Have I led him to the Lord? No. But one day, I got to sit and talk to him, and the Lord began to show me, by asking questions, his pain. Because his mom died when he was 17. In his dad's pain, he remarried a woman he just met in three months. So he felt his dad rejected his mom and didn't honor her death, so he left home and ran away. And married a girl he knew from high school that she's, in, that she's in college because he needed a place to go. See how it works? So he's copping a lot of pain and bitterness, and it's coming out. And the Lord let me see that in his life by asking questions. And my heart has really grown for him. A few days ago, I'm at work. I'm in the office checking in. Sorry. My sales manager... He's on the phone with another rep, a co worker who trained me. And he's on the phone with customer service, having problems with the computer. And they're on speaker phone. And he has them on hold, he's talking to me a little bit. And all of a sudden, the, the customer service rep comes on the phone, you better talk to my manager now. He says, okay. So he gets on the phone, the manager comes on, explains the situation, he says, I'll call you back. He clicks over my coworker, and the guy says, my boss says, what happened? This is on speaker phone. Well, you know, this guy was driving down the street, flipped me off, and I'll call him a nigger. Now, I'm on speakerphone. My boss says. <laughs> but the customer service rep thought he called him the nigger. Now, I know that word disgusts some of you. It doesn't bother me because I'm a son. So there's, see, that word has nothing on me. It did in the past. It has nothing on me. My heart broke for my friend. That train, me, it broke for him. I thought, my gosh, what is he, what world is he living in? He's been hurt somewhere. He's been taught something, some untruth. So anyway, a <clears throat> boss kicks me out of the office, talks to this guy, brings me back in, looking sure I'm OK. The, that night, the bigger boss, his boss calls me. We got to talk to him about what happened in my office. And my boss, the regional vice president, is coming down. So they come in this office, and the the VP's there, and okay, Lions, I don't want nothing personal, I don't want nothing this, I want the facts, and we're gonna handle this thing, we don't tolerate this stuff, and we will handle it and make it fast. And I said, Well, I gotta say something personal. I said, I like the guy. He's a good man. It didn't offend me at all. Well, all I want to know is, are you whole? Hear me now this man is not a Christian he said but are you whole now I know the language of the Holy Spirit he's speaking to this man this, this pre-believer are you whole I said sir I am very whole he said then you can go I called my co-worker the afternoon I reached out to him I said man I am so sorry for what you're going through I said but we're good I want you to know we're good you're my friend and I thank you everything you did for me. And you're a good man. You are a good man. And don't you forget them. But it happens to you. What well, this company does you, you are a good man. Don't let them take that from you. He says, Lonnie they suspended me. I'm getting fired Monday. I said, well then it's their loss because you're a good man. And don't you ever let no one tell you different. Now here it is. Here's a black man telling this white man who just heard the word nigger saying, you're a good man. He says, thank you, I needed this. I can hear him break. We didn't talk about Jesus. We didn't talk about the Bible. I didn't say I'm praying for you. I said, you're a good man. Don't nobody take that from you. I came in the opposite spirit. Came in the opposite spirit that my father wanted me to come in. And I tell you what, that day I felt, I can't hear the gooeyness, the, ooeyness, the 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 freedom I felt. Because it transformed my heart. What are you facing? Because we're all facing stuff where you need to come to the opposite spirit and show heaven to yourself. It's not easy. Doesn't mean problem's going to go away, but your heart will be transformed. I was in the shower yesterday morning interceding for this man in his life. Because I felt God's heart. For his son, he doesn't know him as a father. And I'm interceding in the shower for him to know Jesus and to be forgiven and to be helped and to be made whole because I am whole. Not perfect. God's still working on me. But, I'm a, but I know I'm a son, and he doesn't. So I said, no matter what happens, I'm going to call you. If you'll take my calls and stay in touch with you as we can. He says, will you do that? I said, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Because you're my friend, and you're a good man. I'm at my mother and father-in-law's house a week ago. I'm gonna be very careful. I tell the story. It had nothing to do with them. Uh, they treat me like a son. We have her family's like my. We have a ball. We we goof up. We make food. We have fun. And her dad has this big 60 something inch TV. And I'm watching something. They're all in the kitchen doing something. And I'm kind of in a process of something. I guess God brings some nastiness out of my heart. And this this person comes on the screen where I didn't agree with who they were. I'm gonna leave it like that. And I wanted to say something derogatory. To get the their, my family's attention and make a joke out of that person on TV and thank God they didn't hear me. And right when I made that joke, look at that guy here. And the Holy Spirit said, why are you judging him? That's my son. Why are you judging him? He says, you can have a stance. It's okay to have a stance. But don't let it turn to judgment. Because when you judge, you're judging my children. And that's not your job. You can take a stance and be what you're for. As Brent taught us in this room, but don't be about what you're against. Promote what you're for, don't promote what you're against. I tell you, that's, that's, that's one of the lessons I learned in this house. Promote what you're for, don't promote what you're against. And we as Christian bodies across the denomination, we are so good at promoting what we're against. We forget what we're for Sometimes. We have to learn to walk in the opposite spirit. Now, be honest with you, the guy, the co-worker, that was actually relatively easy because what about if it's your husband or your wife or your children or your Christian buddies and friends? That's when you need to walk in the opposite spirit the most because they're the closest ones to you Know how to push what buttons need to be pushed. And I believe God allows them to push those buttons because we going to teach you to walk in the opposite spirit. Yeah. He'll put something right in your life to push your button to raise that junk up to you how to walk in the opposite spirit. That's my opinion. My wife doesn't push my buttons. And the Lord knows how to say, see, that's what I wanted. Now let's talk. True. See, oh, yes. But, again, it's calling you to a higher place. See, See, we got chastisement confused. I truly believe the Lord does chastise. Now, see, when we hear the word chastisement, we think of the world's view. I'm tearing you down. I'm beating you up. I'm putting you, I'm, I'm, you're no good. I'm kicking you out. That's not what God does. He says, again, that's not who you are. This is who you are. He promotes you. He calls you to what he's created you to be. And we think it's painful because we don't know how to let go of some of that junk because it became familiar to us. And We're not going to go down that path tonight. But he's trying to say, let go of that. If you saw yourself through my eyes, you saw yourself through my eyes, if we saw ourselves through God's eyes, where would we be? Where would we be? The gift of discernment, 1 Corinthians 12 and 10, is a supernatural ability to distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, between holiness and evil. I love all the gifts of the Spirit because we have access to, access to all nine of them that they mention in that area, right? But in my opinion, again, not this house, in my opinion, I think this is, one, this is the one gift, I didn't advance you guys, that gets twisted. Not by God, by us. Because using this gift, gift without love creates damage in people's lives. Let me say it again. Use this gift without the love of the Father. Not our love, but his love. Ruins people. Exposes people. Destroys lives. Causes division. Causes strife. does the opposite of what God wants to do with this gift. Sometimes when we access this gift of discernment, we need to discern what spirit we're operating from. really think about this one when you're using the gifts of discernment you better dang sure know what spirit you're operating from and it better be the love of the father it doesn't mean you're not confronting people in love but you better have papa's heart for it because you might hurt a life we've all seen it we've all probably been through it we've all probably done it because again When we get it here in the raw form from Papa, it's pure and holy. When it hits here, it has 52 years of experience, 50 years of encounters, 50 years of still healing going on, and it gets kind of combogulated. And I'll be in a a funky mood that day, and I might say, you know what? I think it's this, and here it is for you, and I throw up all over you and hurt your heart. But it came from God. Well, it did, but you kind of messed it up when you delivered it. His goal was to bring him out of the mess. We made him deeper in the mess. Well, brother, I see a spirit of lust on you. Sister, you have seven demons in you. We're going to cast them out from these people right now. Really? Well, maybe she does have seven demons. Why'd you tell the whole world? How do you even know she knows what a demon is? Now she's freaked out. Well, that guy runs and goes kills himself because now he's been embarrassed. And tell me it doesn't happen because it does happen. In some areas, some places. Because that shame, that spirit of shame comes on. There's a way to confront in the kingdom, and we're learning how to confront and love and hold each other accountable, but not tear each other down, but to call each other to a higher place like He calls us. I'm not talking about letting go of boundaries. We have to have safe boundaries for, for unsafe people. I get that. We're not talking about being a doormat. Because you didn't walk in the opposite spirit, does that mean you're weak? It means you're strong in him. Jesus, Jesus, The walk of Jesus, his whole walk was in the opposite spirit of the world. His whole existence was in the opposite spirit of this world. And the disciples finally got it. Somewhere they became apostles, they transformed somehow. And the life was no longer their own. They weren't perfect. But they sure were different. Can I speed up a little bit? Go back. Give me one sec. When we choose to walk in love, we have the power of God in our lives. When we choose to walk in his love, we have the power of God in our lives. it be 9 o'clock in 5 minutes. I'll let you know. We'll be wrapping this thing up. Second Corinthians 3, 2, 6. You, your very life lies are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Hmm, kind of what happened at work with a young man, huh? Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chosen to stone, but carved into human lives, and we published it. We couldn't be more sure of ourselves than this, that you, that's us, written by Christ, himself for God, are our letter of recommendation. We wouldn't think of writing this kind of letter about ourselves. Only God can write such a letter. His letter authorizes us to help carry out this new plan of action. The plan was not written out of with the ink and paper, with pages and pages of legal footnotes, killing the spirit, Is written with the Spirit on Spirit, His life on our lives. See, you don't have to tell someone you're a Christian. You can just show them by your actions. You can show them by walking the opposite spirit. Because they're not used to that. Heck, we're not used to it. The Christian dome as a whole, cross denomination, okay? John 14, 16 through 18. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you, and will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. It's because we have the Holy Ghost in us and around us that we can walk like this. He's the one that gives us the strength. He's the one that gives us the resurrection power. He's the one that do it if we just be obedient to what he tells us. And not be ran by our emotions, which I used to be a big-time person, full Holy Spirit, full, full Christian, walking in signs and wonders, led by my emotions. It's not a good thing. We need to be led by the Holy Ghost. And let him put our emotions in check. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness. This is walking in the opposite spirit. You can only come by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit working through us. Give me that little check. Don't say that. Don't send that email. Shut it up. Think about it. Rest. Breathe. Take your time out. You have been checked like that, but spill it out anyway? Listen, whenever i in a heated battle with something, and I listen to the Holy Spirit, it always seems to work out. When I'm in a heated battle, and I just forget the Holy Spirit and just do my thing, I always make a big old mess. I'm learning. One more story. Okay, it's 9 o'clock. If you have to get your kids, go get your kids. I'm wrapping thing up in five minutes to get your kids because they need to release them. So I'll release you. I'll tell you a story. When we were in training, there eight of us in training, and our manager supervisor came in and reamed us. He's like about 38 years old. He, I'm 52. He, I'll be 52. He reamed us. I mean, he went like every curse. Word you think of, real reeling at it like, like we were in military because we're supposed to be at work at 8.30 and leave at 4 o'clock or something like that. 8 o'clock leave at 4.30. I was getting there at 7.30 leave it at 4 o'clock, whatever it was, half an hour difference. And he just went ballistic on us. And like you don't talk to people like this, I'm thinking. So I went to my little spot, and I was like, "Who does he think he is? He don't know. I was the I director of a school of ministry. I was, social, I was an elder. What am I doing here? <laughs> did he know I had 15 volunteers that sold into our school? Do you know I traveled some places in the world to see the sick, the sick healed? And he's yelling at me like, "I'm an imbecile." This is what I'm thinking, right? And, see, and we know this in our break room. Put God first in all you do. Right on the wall, there's someone upper upper leadership. Now I'm telling you, it doesn't trickle down to, but it's, on, it's posted everywhere. It was there for me. So I sat in my little area, The Holy Spirit said, "Well, you are guilty. You broke His rules. He told you time you're supposed to be at work. Who do you think you are? He He wanted to tell you to be disloyal. He wanted to tell you to be dishonest. He wanted to tell you to be immoral. He said follow the rules, and you didn't." and you were wrong i said oh lord and you got a little pride on you by the way <laughs> so go apologize what go up this go apologize so i, I go to his office and say, hey, i had he talk to you for a minute i said uh you know that thing back there and just half hour ago hey man you know i was one of those people that was got you in trouble and i'm very sorry if i got you in trouble with the boss what? I said well I was wrong and I dishonored you and I shouldn't have dishonored you that way so can you forgive me for dishonoring you? He says wait a minute no 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 you're not one of the people I'm worried about I says, no but I'm one of the ones that was, that was coming to work late and leave, coming to work earlier than I was supposed to leaving you know no no that, you're a good worker Lonnie I said well anyway I just had to have everybody in there so I couldn't point the people out that were really doing it we like you I said, you know, I said that's great but listen I dishonored you can you forgive me? He says, yeah. Yeah, I forgive you. And he said, thank you so much for honoring me. Now I have a new challenge with him, but that's okay. I'm learning to walk in up to the Spirit. (laughs) But see what, see what, see what, if we let the Holy Spirit come in and, and bring this stuff up, what happens? It transforms our hearts. telling you it's, it's, it's good stuff where does it all start we're wrapping this thing up where does it all start where does all this start at how do you start this thing how do you even start this thing well I'm going to tell you i me get you on the same picture there we go there's a last I did show you sorry about that here we go where does it all start starts with you And it starts with me. I'm asking this question. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see? Do you love the amazing creation God created? Or do you curse the amazing creation God created? Brent has this thing he does every year in school as a homework assignment. And I see just a grown for homework. And here's the homework assignment. Get in the morning when you wake up, look in the mirror and say, Daddy, you love me. People couldn't do it because they, they weren't taught to love themselves. And how can you love somebody else if you can't at least love from God to love yourself? You got We have to learn to love who we are. We, we, he, we are amazing creation made in his image. We have to learn to love ourselves, not in an arrogant way, in a holiness and respect to him, what he created us out of his image and likeness. And then it flows out. So if you cannot look in the mirror and say, Daddy, you love me, you yeah, have the Holy Ghost to come in and bring those areas of your heart that need to be exposed and healed up. And I still have to do it sometimes. Oh yeah, Daddy, you love me. Especially right now, you love me a lot because I'm really not feeling it. Daddy. How many of you guys have ever done that before? How many of you guys have ever done that? And how many was it hard for? And how many you have encountered Papa doing it? A real encounter. Yeah, he will show up. And then you can do this. A new commandment I give you to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. We got to learn to love one another in our differences, in our differences of opinions, to show the world there is a better way to do life, and that's life of the Spirit of God, walking in the opposite spirit, and stop judging each other because we don't believe in supernatural, we do believe in supernatural, or because you're a Baptist, I'm a Pentecostal, or he's a Catholic. Stop all that. I'm talking to the church as a whole, not just you. I'm talking to the church kingdom. Stop all that. Love. Promote what you're for and not what you're against. Resurrection power allows you to walk in the opposite spirit, and walking in the opposite spirit transforms your heart but it's all a choice I had to pull back a little information tonight but I think you get the gist of it so Holy Spirit teach us to walk in the opposite spirit in the difficulties of our days in life our challenges whether it's jobs brothers, sisters husbands, wives sons, daughters, doesn't matter Teach us to walk in your spirit in every situation we need to walk through so our hearts can be transformed. Because when we walk in your love, the world has changed, the life has changed. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're amazing beyond belief. Holy Spirit, come. Come.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lonnie. Can we have the the prayer team, uh, if you're ready, come on up, those that are on for tonight. And uh, Suzanne leaned over part of the way through and said, man, I miss miss him, I miss this. Uh, Lonnie, we love how real you are. And the stories and that's what, that's one of the things for, with Lonnie, you're gonna get the real deal. Um and you are. Jesus shines through you and you too, Angela. So we're blessed that you're here. Um we uh <coughs> it, just in case you're newer here, we each week we most weeks we we uh, have opportunity for you just to come forward and receive prayer. Um for for whatever it is you need. So for some of you it may be a physical need. We do. Uh, Jesus is in the healing business, and you know He didn't go away. He's He's back. That's what we re- what we heard today. He didn't go away. He's back. So, um, and He lives in us, and so so when we reach out um, and agree with heaven, amazing miracles happen. Some of you just need need prayer for other things. So, feel free to come forward, uh, Pastor Nabil. Do you wanna do you wanna pray for people? Come on up, and you, and you're welcome to as well if you want to. Yeah, go for it! Yeah, come on, let's have fun. <laughs> awesome. Um, and and Lonnie, Angela, you're it's a. I know people are going to want to say hi to you. You could wherever you want to do this. So I just want to bless you all. Um, we are on such a uh, such a good journey. Um, if parents, if you didn't get your kids because you didn't want to miss what Lonnie was going to say, you really got to go get them now, <laughs> please please go get them. And and to all of you, we bless you on this journey. And like we said earlier, what you're receiving, go give it away with love in Jesus' name. Amen.